Welcome into a very special episode of Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, it's our Thanksgiving special. What, over the past year, are we thankful for the most when it comes to the Philadelphia Phillies and what they did this season? We'll discuss all of it and have a great day of reflection and gratitude on today's episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host. Thank you so much for checking us out. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that great stuff that helps us out here on Locked On Phillies. Uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The first thing we're thankful for in today's Thanksgiving special episode is uh, FanDuel, our title sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. Now, this year, there's a lot a lot to be thankful for if you're a Philadelphia Phillies fan. There's so many things that you can look back on from this season that just went so right for the Phillies. And I know how the season ended, and I know it was rough. But as we sit here, uh, and I'm recording this the day after Thanksgiving, I'll probably post this on Monday. But hopefully the pain of the way this season ended has dulled a little bit for you as we draw through the holiday season and get closer to the meat of the offseason. But I understand it was a tough end of the season. Still, we cannot ignore the things that we should be thankful for this year when it comes to the Philadelphia Phillies. So where we're going to start, we're going to start with the players. All right? And there's plenty more to get into, the organization itself, the fan base, everything. We'll, we'll touch on all of these things throughout this episode. But the players to be thankful for, the number one guy that I have to think about is Bryce Harper. Because he's the one who started this whole thing. Like, if he comes here and he underperforms, maybe some of these other players don't want to be a Philadelphia Philly. If he comes here and he doesn't love the city of Philadelphia the way he clearly loves the city of Philadelphia, if he doesn't do a little bit of pandering, and he'll tell you it's not pandering, he fully believes it. But, I mean, part of it is playing it up, maybe even a little bit, I do think. But if he doesn't do that, who knows if J.J. Romito resigns here? Who knows if Zach Wheeler signs here uh, in the offseason? Who knows if Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber sign here? Who knows if Trey Turner signs here? Who knows if any of these guys end up in a Philadelphia Phillies uniform if Bryce Harper is not part of the equation? Now look at San Diego. Because the conversation back when Bryce Harper was signed was Machado, Harper, Harper, Machado, who do you want? Machado was here for a meeting. The Phillies definitely looked into acquiring the services of Manny Machado. Who really has he enticed to come to San Diego? Uh, Xander Bogarts was signed. Juan Soto was traded for. Fernando Tatis was drafted. Like They didn't have this rush of free agent acquisitions that the Philadelphia Phillies have. Now, you can say what you want about the payroll. The bottom line is Bryce Harper attracts other star players to play with him. And also, he's had an outstanding season. He was in MVP voting. I believe he was like 
12th in MVP voting in the National League. He might have been even higher than that and misremembering the number. He came back faster than anyone ever has for Tommy John surgery. He played through a lot of issues this year, and he was incredibly productive. He won a silver slugger at the eight. Like, he's unbelievable. The guy is Superman in a baseball uniform. I'm very thankful he's on the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm also thankful for this pitching staff. I mean, Aaron Nola had an up-and-down year. Zach Wheeler wasn't his best self, but when the chips are down in the postseason, you probably have the best postseason pitching staff of any team in baseball going into the 2024 season. That's before it even gets finalized by maybe an acquisition of another great starting pitcher. But it's just you guys, yeah, you got three guys that are absolute nails in Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, and Ranger Suarez, and that makes you a very hard outcome postseason. And Aaron Nola, I'm thankful he's back with the Philadelphia Phillies. He had a tough year. He could have easily said, ah, I'm going to go elsewhere. I'm tired of the city. The fan base doesn't like me. What would I do? Like, why would I want to come back here for less money? And instead, he took a hometown discount to come back to the city that he's always played in and always known. Despite the fans not being always in on him, me included. And I don't think you're wrong to have doubts on Aaron Nola at points throughout his career. But he still is committed and loves this city and organization. He said, I'm coming back. The Phillies are better with Aaron Nola than they are without Aaron Nola. Now, are they better with Aaron Nola than another top-level starter? That's a different conversation for a different episode as we give thanks today. But trust me, losing Aaron Nola and not replacing him with anybody was not going to make you better because he was inconsistent this year. So I'm thankful that Nola is back and this pitching staff has been assembled the way it has been. And, I mean, I'm thankful for the daycare guys. Now, I think this offseason we're going to have to make a shift because this year is already kind of iffy. They're not really the daycare anymore. Alec Bohm is a big part of this team. Bryson Stott was a gold glove candidate, one of the best second basemen in baseball this year. A great clutch hitter who's growing into his own. Brandon Marsh was big time in the postseason, and he came up clutch in a lot of spots. He may be your everyday left or center fielder, depending on how the Phillies align defensively next year. There's no more daycare. Nick Maton's gone. Matt Vierling's gone. Like They were gone at the start of this year in the trade for Gregory Soto. So we'll need to find a way to – retooled the nickname for those guys, but I'm very thankful for the Phillies young players and the farm system that has been developed. Like, think about it. When you talk about guys that are available to trade for, we did an episode about a potential trade for Mike Trout or a potential trade for Juan Soto. And listen to some of these names you can move. Justin Crawford, Mick Abel, Griff McGarry, Andrew Painter. I mean, you saw Johan Rojas come up this year and how how he contributed to the major league playoff routes. When was the last time the Philadelphia Phillies have had a minor league call-up late in the season that contributed towards a playoff push or close? Like, it just it doesn't really happen for this team. It does, I mean, Alec Bone kind of did that in the pandemic-shortened year, but it's, again, pandemic-shortened year. This farm system has been developed so much better over the past couple of years than it was under Matt Klintak, and that's going to be – uh, a highlight of another guy that we're going to talk about in the next segment when we get to the staff members of the Philadelphia Phillies. But <clears throat> looking at the young players who have breathed life into this organization from the bottom up, uh, Ryan Kirkering, another one. I mean, incredibly thankful that we have one of the stories of the year as a relief pitcher. And I know he didn't have the best finish to his season. It's okay. He's young. It, that's major experience for him to gain. And he's going to be a big part of the back end of this bullpen coming in 2023. I firmly, or 2024, I should say, I firmly believe that. So 
I'm just thankful that the Philadelphia Phillies have the quality of team that they have. I know they're not the 100-plus win Braves from the past two years. But in the postseason, they're better than that team. And these players also, the other thing I'm thankful for, the chemistry they have together. Clearly, this locker room, they just love to play together. They do. They all get along. There are no locker room rifts, no issues, no problematic players, no guys that you look at and say he doesn't get along with everybody else. There are weirdos. Brandon Marsh is insane. Nick Castellanos' favorite superhero is Scooby-Doo. Like, there are weird. Garrett Stubbs is a party monster. Like, there are very strange dudes in this locker room when you look at them individually. And they all come together, and they're just, like, everybody fits into their own little niche with the Philadelphia Phillies. And I know. It feels like I'm waxing poetic about a team that won the World Series. And you might be like, this team hasn't won anything yet. What are you talking? I need you to understand how difficult it is for a team to go to the World Series, follow that up by going to the League Championship Series, and do both of those by not winning the division and trailing significantly in the standings in your own division. Like, what the Phillies have done the past two years is not easy. It is commendable. And it takes special players to do that. They're incredibly talented. And I'm also thankful Trey Turner battled through one of the worst stretches of his career and hope that he's better this next year. But you should be thankful for each and every one of the Philadelphia Phillies starting players. There are guys on the bench that you might need to do better than everything like that. And I'm not saying I'll throw those guys in the trash heap. I'm, I'm just saying like the top-level talent that the Phillies have that start for this baseball team is equal to any team in baseball. It is. If you don't believe that, you don't know ball. So I'm thankful that those guys chose to be in Philadelphia. Only one of those guys acquired via trade, and that would be Jay Tiramito. And even him, he chose to re-sign here. Trey Turner, free agency. Kyle Schwarber, free agency. Uh, Nick Castellanos, free agency. Uh, I lied. Brandon Marsh was acquired through trade as well. My mistake. Uh, Brandon Marsh here as well via the trade. But, I mean, Bryce Stott, uh, Stott drafted. Alec Bohm, drafted. Uh, Trey Turner, free agency. Bryce Harper, free agency. Like, you just look at Yon Roas, drafted. These are guys that either were developed or chose to be here, and you built a great culture by doing that. But the players delivered on it. Still, the framework had to be laid by somebody else, and there's a lot of credit that goes to the Philly staff, too. So coming up, we're going to talk about the things with the staff of the Philadelphia Phillies, the non-player personnel that we're most thankful for from 2023. We'll get into that as we continue the Thanksgiving special episode of Locked on Phillies. First of all, I want to tell you about my friends over at FanDuel. You can score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. There's a lot of good NFL stuff going on right now. And all you need, just bet on a team, $5 on the money line. You win, 150 in bonus bets. It's super easy to do, right? Just pick the biggest upset. There are a lot of bad teams in football this year. The Eagles are not one of them. But there are a lot of bad teams in football this year. You should have no trouble finding a place to put $5 on the money line and win that and get $150 back. And once you do that, oh, listen to the wide range of bets that they have available. You can do props, parlays, futures. I mean, all kinds of different stuff. Oh, like, they have all 
money line spread over under what more do you want if you can think of a bet fanduel has it so visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get the nfl season going because i know you've been watching you've been wanting to make some money there's no better time than now fanduel official partner of the nfl all right let's continue with what we're thankful for and let me get that fanduel off the screen uh for the 2023 nf nfl <laughs> I'm almost up now, thinking about the birds a little bit. MLB season for the Philadelphia Phillies. And we talked about the players and the guys that we're thankful for there. But we also need to talk about the staff. The number one guy that I'm most thankful for in the staff is Dave Dombrowski. I am. He's been able to go out and find players that are willing to come here. He's been able to negotiate deals. He's been able to retool the farm system. Like, that's the thing, right? We're going to talk about John Middleton in a second, who is – uber important to the Philadelphia Phillies success and deserves like we should be incredibly thankful. There's an argument for him to be the guy that we're most thankful for, but there's having money and then there's spending money. And those are different things. John Middleton has a bunch of money that he can throw at players. Now, a lot of owners of baseball choose not to spend their money, right? John Middleton chooses to spend money, but more importantly, he gives the opportunity to spend that money to a guy that is very trustworthy in, in Dave Dombrowski. You could say as an owner, okay, I want to spend $300 million. And they could go out and sign, I don't know, somebody who stinks. Like someone who doesn't carry the weight that Bryce Harper carries when he comes here. And I know that wasn't Dave Dombrowski, but like still, you get what I mean. Like you have to spend the money in a smart way. Just allowing your GM or president of baseball operations to spend money is not enough. So, Dave Dombrowski, the things he's done since he's been here, he retooled the way the farm system was run, uh, brought in a lot of new people, uh, got a lot of people out, just restructured everything. And since, well, you're looking at guys that have come up, Bryson Stott, amazing talent that has come up through the farm system. Johan Roas popped up, Orion Kirkering all the way through from low A ball to pitching in the NLCS. Like That's outstanding. Justin Crawford has developed incredibly. Uh, Andrew Painter is going to be a top-level arm in this game one day as soon as he recovers from Tommy John surgery, which hopefully he's good. Um, just all this stuff that's come from the Philadelphia Phillies farm system is credit to Dave Dombrowski adjusting what the Philadelphia Phillies did under Matt Klintak and not working. The Phillies have not found a way to make this farm system work in years. And, I mean, they needed a major overall, and Dave Dombrowski was the catalyst for that. But on top of that, He's also made some great trades in the offseason at trade deadline time. Like you look at, I didn't mind the Gregory Soto trade at the time. I thought that was a smart move. I think that may pay off more this year than it did this past year in 2023. I'm hoping because not that you gave up much with Matt Vierling and Nick Maton. Still miss those guys, but you can get away with a trade like that. But some of the other big ones, like acquiring Michael Lorenzen uh, at the trade deadline this year, and then he comes out and throws a no-hitter. Like, that's huge. That's a monster, monster acquisition. Signing Christian Pache. Like, I understand Pit, uh, Pache was not a big part of the postseason this year, but still, he's like a valuable depth player defensively that nobody wanted, and the Phillies seem to have found something there. Now, there are faults, and I don't know if this is the manager who we'll talk about in a second or the GM, but guys like J.K. being back on this team. I know people love Garrett Stubbs, but Garrett Stubbs being back on this team, like – 
there are some guys that I think are places to improve, but again, you can't improve every position every offseason. It's just not realistic. Dave Dombrowski is a consummate professional at president of the baseball operations position, and the Phillies are lucky to have him. And they're also lucky to have the manager who puts these players in the right position day in and day out, or tries to at least. Now, Rob Thompson, I think, had a rough year with the lineup and a rough year with the rotations in the bullpen, and yet he still ended up winning 90 games and going to the NLCS for the second straight year. Now, last year they won the NLCS. This year they fell a game short, and that sucks. But at the same time, credit has to be given to Rob Thompson for getting them there and to battling, like for battling through adversity. He did it last year when he relieved Joe Girardi, and this year he did it when he had to pull himself out of his own hole he dug for him. And yet he found a way to do it. And these players clearly trust Rob Thompson. They like playing for Rob Thompson. And you could do much worse a manager than Rob Thompson. Now, I'm not saying give him a lifetime contract. He's never made a mistake. No, there are things he doesn't do well. And he said in his end-of-year availability with the media, he needs to reevaluate the way that he handles the bullpen and the way that he sets the lineup. And I think that's warranted. I think those are the two spots where Rob Thompson lacks at points. But where he doesn't lack is keeping the clubhouse together, keeping focus on the main goal, and getting results from his team, largely. I mean, you were one of the final two teams in baseball last year under him. And this year, you were one of the final four teams in baseball. So, yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good result for the first two years being, or the first year and a half being a major league manager. I feel great about having Rob Thompson in charge of this baseball team on the field, and I hope he makes the adjustments needed. But Topper is a guy that I'm I'm just going to trust him. I, I am. And maybe that'll end up biting me, and maybe he'll prove me wrong in 2024. But more often than not, he finds a way to win baseball games, and that's something that not a lot of other teams can say. Okay. Well, time to move on to the big guy, John Middleton. How lucky are we to have John Middleton as an owner? Honestly, this might be the person we should be most thankful for. Player, uh, coach, manager, anything, GM, president of baseball operations. It doesn't matter who you look at in the Phillies organization. I think John Middleton is clearly the most important. And he's the owner. He should be. He's the one that calls the shots. Ultimately, everything runs up to his desk, and he's got to make very tough decisions day in and day out on how to run this baseball team. And it'd be very easy for him to hide behind revenue sharing and not seeing their accounting books and everything like that and just say, oh, well, we're not making enough money to do this, that, and the other thing. I can't sign this player. Or I already gave you Bryce Harper. What more do you want? Or uh, we went to the World Series last year. It's understandable if we take a step back. John Middleton doesn't do any of that. He's a local guy who cares about this team and wants them to win. And he puts his money where his mouth is. He did it again this offseason by re-signing Aaron Nola. He may do it again this offseason by giving another big deal to another starting pitcher or who knows what's available out there that they're looking at. We're going to continue to monitor the situations around free agency. We're in kind of that dead period around the holidays where stuff doesn't quite get done as quickly. So uh, I'll keep you updated on anything there. But bottom line is John Middleton's been willing to spend. He's been willing to put the right people in the right spots, and he's been willing to delegate to them how exactly the organization should be run at their respective levels. You could make an argument that John Middleton is the best owner in Philadelphia sports right now, and that's including Jeffrey Lurie, who brought the Eagles to Super Bowl in 2017 and seems to be able to do no wrong. John Middleton's up there because in a non-salary cap league, there's so many guys that treat it like they can't spend. Middleton's not one of them. 
and you should be thankful that's the guy running your baseball team. Coming up as we wrap up Locked on Phillies, the final thing that we're going to talk about being thankful for, the fan base here in Philadelphia. We'll discuss as we wrap up Locked on Phillies. Yes, it is the Thanksgiving special episode of Locked on Phillies. We're talking about the things we should be thankful for from the 2023 season. And we've covered the players. We've covered the staff members, the owner. Now it's time to talk about you, the fans. There's a reason that Philadelphia is the hardest place to play in baseball. Well, come postseason, there is no harder place. Like, think about it. Diamondbacks had trouble here. I know they found a way in six and seven, but still. The Braves went out again. The Marlins got swept. The Rangers, on the other side, they had to win every game on the road in the ALCS in order to find a way to the World Series. Like, the Philadelphia Phillies, even though they didn't cash in on it the same way this year as they did last year, they have the best home field advantage in baseball. That's because of all of you lunatics out there that live and die with this baseball team and are screaming your head off from first pitch to final out. So that is insane. Like, commend yourself big time on that. You are a factor in this team's success over the past two years and will continue to be because Philadelphia is a great, great sports city, a great, great baseball city. So if you went to any game this year, I don't care if it was one. I don't care if it was 100. If you went to a game this year and you yelled and you stood up and you cheered on your Philadelphia Phillies, I'm thankful for you being a fan of this team and thankful for what this fan base as a whole does for this baseball team to make them even more formidable than what they would just be normally because of their talent level. So you wild fans out there, you're the best. Love it. If there was a World Series for fans, Philadelphia would win it every single year. So credit to you guys. Really appreciate that. And as a fan of the Philadelphia Phillies, as a guy who's down there screaming and yelling with you from time to time, like it feels amazing to be a part of something so special like we have here in our Philadelphia sports community. So shout out to the fans in that aspect. And one more thing before we wrap up today's episode, I want to give a special heartfelt thank you to the fans of Locked On Phillies, to everybody who's subscribed, to everybody who's listened, to everybody who's gotten us to our biggest year of downloads so far. We crushed all of the numbers from 2022. And that was a year the team went to the World Series. I thought, wow, well, the Phillies went to the World Series in 2022. It's going to be hard for them to replicate that. And it's going to be hard for me to beat those numbers that we put up with that amazing run last year. Red October, dancing on my own, all that stuff. And then this year, the team held up their end of the bargain by making it another interesting, interesting postseason. But you guys just absolutely were locked in from Jump Street, listening to every episode, watching every video on YouTube, subscribing, rating, reviewing, uh, tweeting, interacting, all of that stuff, sometimes getting mad at me. Sometimes agreeing with me. That's the point of doing this, though. It's all about conversation about the Philadelphia Phillies and giving you the information that you want when it comes to the ball club you're fanatical about. And I just want to say thank you so much. I couldn't be happier to be the host of Lockdown Phillies, and I am so thankful for everybody who takes time out of their day to listen to what I have to say about the Philadelphia Phillies. It's still surreal that so many people out there care what my opinion is, and I do it to try and be a reflection of you a reflection of the fan base. I'm a fan with a platform, I'm not a journalist. I'm not like a, an insider. Like I do get some information from time to time and things like that. But my point is I'm not doing this to be professional and just report news. No, I'm doing this to reflect what being a fan of the Philadelphia Phillies feels like at any given time. 
And I'm glad it's resonated with so many of you. And next year in 2024, we're going to crush those numbers again. We're going to continue to grow this thing. But I'm thankful for each and every one of you out there. So on this Thanksgiving special episode, as much as I thank the players, the coaches, the manager, the owner, the president of baseball operations, the GM, I'm thanking you, the fans. I sound like Melvin Cabrera there. But <laughs> thank you, fans of Locked On Phillies, for following along all year long. I really, really do appreciate it. And uh, coming up, we're going to jump into the evaluation of players again. We're going to jump back to your regularly scheduled program, so we'll get into that with tomorrow's episode, and we'll discuss all of that. But a special Thanksgiving episode, and I just wanted to say thank you to a bunch of people, both Phillies and fans of Phillies. Whew. Yeah, a fun year again, and hopefully next year is the one that finally culminates in the World Series championship. But for the time being, we're back to evaluating players on the next episode. That's all for today's episode of Locked On Phillies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'll talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked On Phillies.